Hey guys, it's Ed and I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And I don't know what's going on, but these senior citizens are still acting a fool. Um, remember, um, I don't know, an episode or two ago we talked about Angelica Huston um, going in on... The people who started in the new movie, Palms, Diane Keaton, Rhea Perlman, uh, Jackie Beaver. Well, it, that, that feud is still happening. I mean, it, shouldn't they be eating dinner or something by this point? <laughs> um, I'm just, for all my older listeners, I'm sorry, but this just seems like a way to create publicity. Um, and... Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I, I, and I could be, but... Jackie Weaver told Vanity Fair... After she heard about what Huston said... Um, I, I can't say Angelica anymore, by the way. Because every time I do, I get that... I get satisfied but from Hamilton stuck in my head. And not even... Not even the satisfied that's actually in the play. No, the, the satisfied that's on the remix, Hamilton remix album by Sia. <laughs> I don't know why y'all needed to know that, but you did. Um, anyways. Jackie Weaver said, I just laughed, and then I said, well, she can go fuck herself. Which, you know, okay. I, I totally get it. Um, you know, someone's insulting your work, and you're gonna get mad. Um, but at some point I just feel like you have to, you have to give this up. Um, and for her part, Angelica Huston was on the carpet for, um, John Wick 3. And she said, I feel so bad about the actresses. First of all, I've not seen the movie. Secondly, I'm a huge fan of all the actresses. I read the script maybe a year ago. I wasn't crazy about the subject matter for me. Now, other people can do it, but I don't know. Maybe I get scared of being old. And, you know, hopefully this is the end of it. And I know... Um... I, I know that there is um, I, I, I know that these actresses have been around for a very long time um, and things are done differently now than when they were first starting. Mostly, like, yeah, you would always have your, your rivalries, but you didn't you usually did not flaunt them. Um, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis were probably the exception to the rule. Um, you know, at some point, I really want to go into that rivalry between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford because those two queens, let me just say, okay? Um, but nowadays, it's like, the only way to get press for your movie 
is to be scandalous or talk shit about other people. And maybe that's what Angelica was doing, but John Wick is already a huge franchise. Huge is not the right word, but it's very popular. Keanu Reeves is very good. Um, And, you know, for the most part, he really, Keanu Reeves really tries to shun the spotlight now. Um, He just wants to act and do his thing and make some money. And... You know that, and that that that's that that's okay. And I don't know why I just stuttered like that. <laughs> I swear, y'all, I'm not even drunk yet. <laughs> um, anyways, so I don't know. Angelica is probably trying to just drum up some some extra publicity for the movie, um, trying to ensure that it it goes to the distance. Um, and I think the side effect here is, um, not only is she drumming up business for John Wick, but she's also bringing publicity for Palms, albeit maybe not exactly the kind of publicity that they would want. Is she going to kill their, their box office potential? I guess we'll have to wait and see. And speaking of waiting, I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, basically throughout March, we were talking about uh, Lady Who Punch, the, the tell-all book about The View. And... Um, one of the things that we learned was Rosie O'Donnell said that Whoopi Goldberg was the meanest person she's ever had the misfortune of working with. And, I mean, and, and to be frank, we all knew that Rosie and Whoopi did not get along. Um, it was quite obvious um, from the, really from the onset, that they didn't get along. And then when Rosie quit halfway through the, the season, that's when things really started getting shady. Um, just like Joy Behar does now, Rosie would take over for Whoopi on Fridays. And you would see that the ratings were going up. And Whoopi got a little perturbed by that, I think. You guys like that word, perturbed? I'm, I'm going to try to keep um, Anyways. Um, but, and we, you know, we heard from co-hosts like Elizabeth Hasselbeck. We heard from Rosie O'Donnell. We heard from Jenny McCarthy, Sherry Shepard. Um... Joy Behar actually uh, made comments on the book. Uh, you know, I'm, I know I'm forgetting someone, but... The whole, a whole slew of former co-hosts actually talked to this dude and said, Hey, you know, this is, this is what's up. 
this is what happened. Wow. Whoopi went on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. And she talked um, about how she doesn't like gossip at work. She told Andy Cohen, I didn't talk to the guy. I didn't care about the book. Because what happens for me at work is not for everybody. It's not their business. I don't like talking out of school. And I don't like other people talking out of school. And she says she has not yet read the book. And I think that probably means she's not going to. Or at least she's not going to publicly admit to reading the book. So here's the thing. I haven't had an office job, a traditional office job, in a very long time. And... You know, the... But when I did, we would all gossip. That was basically all we did, to be honest. (laughs) You know, that was part of the fun. You know, we would all bitch about... We would all bitch about, you know, this, that, or the other thing. We would all talk about our boss, you know, whatever. That's what we did. Now, of course, we were on a public level where, you know, someone was going to write a book about us. Although, let me tell you, you really could. Some of the going-ons in that place. Mm-mm-mm. I'm not even... You know what? I'm I'm anticipating a slew of text messages, and I'm not even saying what job it is, but everyone who is listening to this already knows, and they're going to call me, they're going to text me, and they're going to say something about it. I guarantee this. Um, and so while I respect what Whoopi's saying, again, I, I just don't know that she's being 100% truthful here, because frankly... Um, you know, maybe she maybe she really does feel like people don't need to know about her her work life. And and that's definitely her prerogative, that's definitely her right. But the other hand of this is you chose to work in the entertainment industry, you chose to be on TV every day. You chose to work at a place that is known for having a high level of drama. You had to know that people were going to talk. And that's just the truth of that matter. The other truth is, is I'm going to go and come right back. And I'm back. So, we've been talking about Lori Lachlan and the college admissions scandal. And, frankly, she's just really out of touch with the whole concept of what's, what's happening to her right now. And I don't say that trying to be mean or anything, but she really feels like she did nothing wrong. And in a way, I kind of get it. Um, and, and, you know, for the record, I'm not trying to trash Lori Lachlan at all. Um, you know, as a parent, I don't know what I would do to try to help my kids. But what I do know is that at some point, you have to take responsibility. 
Which is not something that she's doing right now. She's... She's blaming everyone else, saying, you know, oh, I didn't know what I was doing was wrong. But then she turns around and says, oh, well, you know, I I did know that I was breaking the rules. So if you know if you knew you were breaking the rules, how did you not know that you were doing something wrong? And I know some people will argue for her that, oh, you know, breaking the rules is not the same thing as breaking the law. I'm sorry, that just doesn't hold water for me. Mostly, and I'll be honest, it, mostly it doesn't hold water for me because, frankly, it doesn't make any sense. You know, there's, there are all sorts of arguments that could be made about, oh, you know, she, she thought she was just helping her daughters or whatever. But at the end of the day, even if you're just breaking the rules, aren't you still setting a bad example for your daughters? And apparently, at least Olivia Jade was in on some of these emails that were going out. So, there's no practical way to say, oh, you know, even the daughters are completely innocent in this. Because they're not. They knew. Um, and it, it, it honestly is just astounding to me that they keep throwing this stuff out there. And and then Lori Lachlan waltzes in the court like she's Mary fucking Poppins or something. Um, you know, grinning and shaking the prosecutor's hand. They're the enemy. Okay, not really. Like, I know we need prosecutors to keep law and order. But in this case... They're not her friends. I think we can all agree to that. The prosecutors here are not Lori Lachlan's friends. They're trying to put her away. They're trying to put her in jail because she did something wrong. And she's treating them like they're long-lost friends. You know, and then, of course, there's the infamous, oh, her and Massimo are trying to figure out which one of them should go to jail and which one should... um, stay back so that they can help their daughters. Well, now... Now it's being said that Lori Lachlan is going to yoga in order to take her mind off of the stress and what she needs right now really is for everyone to just give her a break. Because she didn't do anything wrong. She's the victim of... And and I wish I was making this up. Of an overzealous prosecutor trying to make a name for themselves. Honey, once you hit the federal level, you don't need to make a name for yourself. This prosecutor is not aiming for the top job. And even if they were... Bringing down Lori Lachlan probably is not going to make a name for themselves. This was a years-long investigation, and the man you, the man that they paid 
to do to to set up all these scams and quote unquote donations and whatnot is the one that flipped and, and turned everything over. So this is not the prosecutor's fault. This is Lori Lachlan's fault for first of all going along with this scheme. But if she really wants to blame someone, she needs to look at the man that she was working with and blame him. And maybe yoga will help her realize that, or... I don't know, maybe she thinks yoga's gonna... help her namaste out of jail. I don't know. <laughs> but I do know that I'm gonna go and I'm gonna come right back. And I'm back. So... <clears throat> one of... One of the things in the dating, dating slash um, married, so I guess I should just say relationship world, that really bugs me is when one person, whether it's uh, um, a woman or a man, blames the other person um, that their partner cheated on them with for the incident. Now, certainly, if the person knew um, that um, that the spouse was in a relationship, then yes, by all means, get mad at them. But there seems to be this trend right now where partners are blaming the other person, but not... The, not their spouse. And that's not okay. So, Aisha Curry was on Red Talk, uh, Red Table Talk, or whatever the hell Jada Pinkett Smith's um, talk show on Facebook is called. And she, you know, she, she talked about how there are groupies that will hit on Steph Curry right in front of her. And how she, you know, she doesn't like that. And, and, and I'm going to go further with that conversation in just a second. But um, sticking to the cheating right now, or rather the, um, the talk of um, the cheating, Wendy Williams addressed this on her show, which is kind of ironic seeing as her husband allegedly slept with multiple people behind her back. Um, And here's what she had to say. There are a lot of women with no respect for a marriage. You know what I'm saying? A lot of women who know your man is married and will have the nerve to be right up under him, right under your nose. And then she said, "Um, Aisha... Aisha um, was talking, you know, she was playing a clip of Aisha speaking. And, and Wendy said, oh, honey, you knew what you signed up for. And finally, Wendy um, finished. For you lonely girls who can't keep their hands off other people's men, there's a plot, hot place in hell for you. Now, okay, obviously this is a little personal for her. Seeing as her husband's mistress just gave birth to his baby. But why is no one addressing the fact that these men 
are sleeping with other people, you know, I, or allowing the flirting. In, in Steph Curry's case, you know, allegedly um, Aisha was right there. It would have been very easy for him to say, hey, here's my wife, you know, not cool. You know, or, and maybe he did, and maybe Aisha just left that out. And if she did, I hope they got into a fight about it. I hope he said, you know, you're making me look bad. His whole reputation is built upon this good guy, family-friendly image. And him being flirted with obviously doesn't change that. But it, it does call into question, okay, if, if you're such a good guy, if you're such a, you know big, strong family values guy, why aren't you saying, hey, my wife is sitting right here, my wife is right next to me, not cool. And, and there's a little bit of hypocrisy, too, and I'm, I'm really mad that Wendy didn't address this part. Uh, but Aisha Curry also said that she's really lacking in the male attention department. So... Basically, she's mad that people are flirting with her husband, but she wants to be flirted with. How is that okay? That's so thirst bait if there ever was one. She has officially taken the thirst bait trophy from Nick Jonas when he posed in his underwear and grabbed his crotch. So, here's the thing. Everyone wants equality, and I'm all for that. But that means... Equality means you're going to be held accountable and I'm going to call you out. So, <coughs> so Aisha Curry, you little thirst baiting bitch. Don't be mad that groupies are, are flirting with your man if you're trying to get men to flirt with you, okay? If you need some male attention, don't be talking about a, on a talk show. Go talk to your husband, that's the right thing to do. You know, I was in a relationship. Um, and I think we may have talked about this on the show at some point. Um, but I was in a relationship. And it was kind of a very similar situation where um, my ex felt the need to keep adding these guys on Facebook... Um, because it made him feel good. They would flirt with him. Even though they were trying to get his money, it made him feel good when they flirted with him and whatnot. And eventually I called it off because I wasn't about that life. Um, you know, and that's the thing. And with the one, with the guy like now, he lets me know. He may not say the words. But he lets me know in all these very small ways that I'm the one he wants. Um, you know, there was there was um, someone who was trying to flirt with him, and all he did was look directly at me. And mind you, we're not even together, so I couldn't be mad if he flirted back. 
but so committed are we to making this happen that we that he wouldn't even go forward with the flirting. So, for the people who say it's not possible or it's unrealistic to expect that, no, it's not. We need to hold the people that we're romantically involved with responsible instead of blaming the other people all the time. Because if our partners were not making it okay to flirt, if our partners were not acting as if they didn't make a commitment, then chances are, even if the flirting still happened, you would be confident that nothing was going to come of it. Your feelings would not be hurt. And, you know, of course, there are people in open and polyamorous relationships, which I did not address. Um, And I didn't address them because I've not been in one, and it's not my case. And then with any of the relationships that we spoke about, um, Wendy Williams with her soon-to-be ex-husband, Aisha and Steph Curry, and with, with mine... Um, None of them are open or poly, so... But I do want to address, yes, those do exist, and those are very valid relationships. Um, They're just not ones that affected this segment. But what does is the fact that I'm going to go ahead and end this segment and take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. And just so you know, at some point, um, probably next week, although I do need to speak with Will about it, um, we're going to do a very special episode covering um, all of the shows that have been renewed and canceled, um, shows that you love and whatever. Um, I'm not going to, at least I don't think, again, I need to discuss it with Will since he's the producer and I'm just the talent. (laughs) Um, But I'm thinking, um, I know a lot of people love, um, love to know what's going on with their shows and whatnot. Um, so what I would probably do is, um, it would, like I said, it'll be a very special episode. It'll probably be broken up by network. Um, that way I can still get my breaks and, and take drinks and whatnot in between. Um, and maybe give you a little inside as to how everything went down with the renewals, with the cancellations, um, and kind of break it down into smaller pieces. Um, because there are some shows where there is really good gossip, um, but it just wouldn't necessarily make the show on its own. Unlike the recently renewed Bull uh, over on CBS, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but back in December, we talked about how Eliza Dushku had been set for a major recurring role that was supposed to lead to a series regular role. Well, Michael Weatherly, the star of The Bull, um, made some really inappropriate jokes. No matter what your workplace is, those were really inappropriate jokes. Um, he joked about having a rape van. He would call her legs and um, just really all sorts of inappropriate sexual comments. 
And so Eliza did the right thing. Um, and she reported the incident to um, HR and CBS. And Les Moonves at the time really didn't want to hear it. Of course, we found out later. Uh, no, this was during, um, during the, the Eliza story came out during his whole scandal. So we found out that, you know, he had his own sexual harassment stuff that he was dealing with. Uh, eventually, they ended up paying her like $9.5 million um, since she lost out on um, becoming series regular. And she had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. And people, and I was among them, actually thought with the declining ratings um, and then the scandal selling the name that that would mean Bull would end up being canceled. But CBS renewed it, which it's not really that surprising given um, broadcast ratings are down across the board. <laughs> um, some of the highest rated shows are only pulling in what shows that were canceled for getting the same rating five years ago were canceled for. Um, so anyway, so they renewed Bull despite the lower ratings and the scandal. But... Amblin TV, which is owned by Steven Spielberg and was a major producer for the first three seasons, will not be returning as a producer for the fourth. Um, and this is a big deal. Um, uh, all the statements said is Steven, Spiel- Steven Spielberg, Amblin Television, Daryl Frank, and Justin Falvey are no longer attached to Bull. Um, so people are starting to wonder what happened. Here, um, I think there's some insight here. Um, Eliza Dushku said, I actually spent the morning with three heads of the Time's Up organization and Mr. Steven Spielberg. We sat and brainstormed and discussed possible solutions for the systematic imbalance of power, the abuse and harassment that we've been seeing and hearing and experiencing and and both in our industry and beyond. And, you know, what I think probably happened is Eliza probably told Stephen what happened. Um, you know, he, Steven Spielberg, no matter what you think of him, and I know there's some, um, gossip connoisseurs out there, especially those on the Crazy Days and Nights boards that don't like him, um, for various reasons, but... And it would not be an episode without me coughing. Although we almost made it to the end today, so yay. Um, anyways. 
what I think happened is Stephen and Eliza probably sat down and he probably apologized to her. Um, and, you know, I truly believe that he does not, he did not know what was going on. He's a big time producer um, and director. Uh, and he has so many projects in the works. He was working on Ready Player One. Um, he's working on West Side Story. I believe he's still attached as a producer to um, the Jurassic World series. So he probably does, doesn't hear about all, everything that happened. And since his company didn't have to pay out for the endorsement, or not the endorsement, for the settlement, <clears throat> it probably really did just escape him. And once he found out what happened, he probably talked to his team and said, we don't want to be attached to this. Um, his wife, Kate Capshaw, is one of the leaders of the Times Up movement. And that's not really a good look to be supporting a show that is mired in a, in a sexual harassment scandal. And so that's probably why they pulled out. Um, and it, it really sounded like they had a meeting and they were working towards possibly um, getting Eliza back on TV or in some sort of project. Uh, I'm sure by now any no-compete clause that she had to sign is is over. And, you know, Michael Weatherly, first of all, issued a non-apology and almost kind of like a denial. Like, oh, you know, if she can't take a choke, I forgot his exact words and I refuse to look it up because... Now that we know he's a douchebag, I am not giving him any more. Um, I'm not giving him any more Google searches or alerts or anything like that. Um, but at the time, like he was basically a, a non-apology. And then, once he realized that the scandal was not going to go away, allegedly he apologized in private. Which, again, you know, everything happened, everything that happened was between them. So, I'm not really, thinking that it, you know, that he needed to come right out and apologize, but since he addressed it in public, I think he should have just said, you know, I learned from my mistakes, I was inappropriate, you know, or whatever the case is. You know, I know people laughed off the grab him by the pussy comment from Donald Trump as locker room talk. But first of all, and I said this before and I'm going to say it again. I don't know what kind of locker rooms y'all are in. But the locker rooms I'm in, either A, the guys don't speak. Or if they do, it's about sports. About work. Which was the last locker room I was in. For, it was for work. Um, and very, very rarely do they talk about their love lives. Or their sex lives. In fact, I would be hard-pressed to remember 
outside of hey, um, there was there was one guy that I was particularly close with, and he would say, hey, like, what do you think I should get my girl for her birthday, or, um, you know, another another came to me and asked what he should do for for his wife uh, for their anniversary. But there was none, none of this talk about sex or anything. Now, it, maybe they did it when I wasn't around. That's certainly possible. But my experience was they were very respectful. And in fact, with the exception of one guy, every single one of those men were always very respectful of women. They never ogled them or... Um, spoke about them in a negative way or as if they were subservient to to them. And to be honest, that really restored my faith. <laughs> but for now, that's going to do it for me for this week. Um, this weekend, um, tomorrow, we're going to have some Met Gala blind items, just like I promised there would be. And Sunday, we're going to have our regular blind item day. And I shall return to you live on Monday. Have a great weekend, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, cheers.